0: If you're not already subscribed to this YouTube channel, go ahead and hit the subscribe button now, along with the bell icon so you can be notified whenever a new video is posted. And if you're already subscribed, check and make sure that YouTube hasn't unsubscribed you. And of course, be sure to give the video a like as well as share it on your social media. The white supremacists hate that. And now, the Sunday Address. Now you knew this one was coming. A lot of black people are all too aware of the fact that a lot of these phony Hollywood white liberals are closet racists. They're actors, so they practice how to act like they're showing empathy for black folks. They learn how to act like they're concerned. It's all performance, but eventually they have to let the mask slip. And when they do, they say what they really think. In recent years, we've seen this from Bill Maher, Sarah Silverman, Lena Dunham, Judd Apatow, Michael Richards, and a number of others. And when confronted on their anti-black racism, they all claim that they're not really racist because they're Jewish. And Jewish is a minority group, a religious minority. Well, we can now add Juliana Margulies to this list. Everyone knows that Juliana Margulies went full racist recently. She went on an anti-black tirade on a podcast. Apparently, she thinks black people aren't supporting Israel sufficiently enough to suit her taste. Now, before we get to that, and trust me, we will get to that briefly, I want to go ahead and give you a rundown of some of the other stuff that she said, because she was really on one. First, she started talking about how there were Jewish protesters or Jewish activists who were getting off of a plane and apparently their buses didn't show up to pick them up
1: if anything like this had happened in the black community for example 900 protesters left stranded on the tar map in dc on their way to the rally because
0: all the bus drivers walked out
1: if that had happened to any other marginalized community this country would be in an uproar
0: First Michael Rappaport, now Juliana Margulies with the same stale false talking point. Things like this happen to black people all the time. The difference being it's about things far more serious than bus drivers not coming to pick them up. And it doesn't make the news either. Black people die at a disproportionate rate. One study concluded that it was as much as 1.6 million more deaths than white people over a 20-year period. I can tell you right now that's a conservative estimate. I routinely have told you about the black infant mortality rate and the black maternal mortality rate, both of which are far higher than for any other group, and both of which are totally ignored. Black people are the vast majority of hate crimes victims in America, but Congress completely and thoroughly ignored us all throughout the BLM protests, even at the height of the 2020 uprisings. Instead, they passed an Asian hate crime law, even though hate crimes against Asians have been trending down, even during the year that they passed it. This tired talking point, this lie about if it had happened to Black people, then folks would be in an uproar, it's a lie. But I've seen all these other non-Black groups use it across the board. You cannot in one breath say that Black people are marginalized and then in the very next breath say, well, if this had happened to Black people, there would be an uproar. Black people in America are somehow given preferential treatment. That's the well that Rappaport and Margulies are drawing from when they say, if it happened to Black people, there would be an outcry, et cetera. We protest, we demonstrate, we chant, we sing, we walk around in circles, we beg and plead, we cry tears, and nothing changes, nothing happens. Meanwhile, everybody else in America have policies and benefits made for them, given to them, and they don't have to do any of the stuff that we do to get ignored. But I got a suggestion for both Juliana Margulies and Michael Rappaport. If they really think that black people are treated better than them, and that when black people say something, the world moves, I got a real easy solution. Just claim to be black. That's it. Margulies and Rappaport should hold a press conference, and they should say that they have a couple of black ancestors and that they've merely been passing for white all these decades. Problem solved. Except we all know they're never going to do that, because they know the truth, that they're lying, their careers would be over, not that Rappaport actually had one, and the treatment they would receive would be far worse than any minor grievances that they claim to have today. And they know it. Anytime somebody from the dominant society tries to claim that black people are treated better than them, just tell them, go ahead and identify as black then, and watch the doors fly open. See, they have the luxury of pretending to be victims, while ignoring the real ones. The game that Margulies and Rappaport play is to identify as white when it's time to get work and fame and money, but when their religion provides the occasional hiccup, suddenly they're a minority. You can't have it both ways. Except that's precisely what white privilege is about. As Neely Fuller explained, it takes both sides of every issue. Oh, but Juliana Margulies was just getting started with her litany of bad takes.
1: I'm the first person to march in Black Lives Matter. When that happened to, to um, George Floyd, I put a black screen on my Instagram. Like I ran to, to support my black brothers and sisters. When LGBTQ... Um, People are being attacked. I run. I made a commercial for same-sex marriages with my husband in in two thousand twelve. Like I am the first person who, to jump up when something is wrong, as I think most Jews are, because we have been persecuted from the beginning of time. It's those kids who are spewing this anti-Semitic hate that have no idea if they step foot in an Islamic country. These people who want us to call them they, them, or what, whatever they want us to call them, which I have respectfully really tr- made, made a point of doing. Like, be whoever you want to be. It's those people that will be the first people beheaded and their heads played with a soccer
0: ball, like a soccer ball on the field. You know, I just love her claim that she had a black square on her social media. I'm sure that did a lot of good. And that she supports this or that cause. She's the first person to step forward. Probably not the first person ahead of black people, I would imagine. I think black folks probably stepped forward before her. Though the topper had to be when she claimed black brothers and sisters. Yeah, this is her doing her rhetorical equivalent of I have black friends. It's the old liberal racist two-step. She's trying to bestow innocence on herself before she goes and says some vile stuff, and she said some vile stuff indeed. And by the way, if she didn't do anything until George Floyd was murdered, all that means is she was bored during the 2020 lockdowns. So since she didn't have any work on a TV show or something, she decided to play act of being a concerned citizen on social media. I don't care much for Dave Chappelle at all, but even he said that during the 2020 uprisings, people kept asking him to say something, and he refused because, as he said, the streets or talk. When these celebrities do their little virtue signaling, they do it mostly as a form of PR. Same reason you see some of them go into third world countries to stand in front of a Red Cross banner and claim that they handed out parcels of food to refugees, but always make sure that the cameras are there and they never want to do without cameras. At no point from the murder of Trayvon Martin to the murder of George Floyd, did you see black people saying, oh my God, where is Hollywood at to speak on this? Why isn't Tom Cruise doing a George Floyd hashtag? Why isn't Angelina Jolie tweeting about this? it wasn't a time for virtue signaling. It was a time for actions. So for her to try to act like she was supporting something because she did some emoji on the internet, unless you're giving or doing something tangible, you're not supporting anything. Oh, by the way, on a side note, you notice how she started off saying the pronouns and and them and you notice she corrected herself real quick on that one? Oh yeah, she walked that back instantly. See, a lot of the people who Juliana Margulies deals with on a daily basis in Hollywood are in the LGBT community. transgender, all that stuff. So she knew she had to clean that one up quickly, instantly. She just had it on reflex, and she said, well, sorry, i better walk this back, but for any LGBT people who are listening to this, if you thought that Juliana Margulies liked you, sorry, but for her, that was just more of her moral performance, just more acting on her part. This Andy Ostroy character then claims that young people are embracing Hamas. They're even embracing Osama bin Laden. There's got to be a reason why
2: people are embracing, young people are embracing Hamas. Why young people are embracing Osama bin Laden. I mean, for fuck's sake.
0: I mean, it's unfathomable. That's how it's gets I And mean, where are the professors? Right. Have you seen anything like that? Because I sure haven't. Nobody's embracing anything. Nobody's converting to Islam, nobody's running around with Hamas t-shirts, or putting an I love Osama Bin Laden bumper sticker on their car either. Where the hell is he getting all of this paranoid nonsense from? Clearly someone told them that Benjamin Netanyahu is losing the media war, people aren't listening to the liars at CNN and MSNBC or they've lost all their credibility, especially young people who are getting their news from sources outside the US. Sources that are not in the white media bubble, and they're hearing and seeing all kinds of shocking stuff about the Israeli government's actions that they didn't know. And they're reacting to what they're seeing and hearing. The problem is that in the past, all of these young people, they didn't actually know what was going on. Social media wasn't what it is today, and they weren't saying anything. And that was fine with Juliana Margulies, but now a lot of these young folks have gone from apathy to activism, and that's what seems to have Margulies and Austroi alarm. The usual media gatekeepers apparently are not able to keep enough of those young people corralled—at least not enough to keep them from speaking out and being a problem. But that's not to say that Juliana Margulies is perfectly pleased with the white media either. She had some choice words for her white media colleagues in Hollywood too. Well, you were very outspoken then about the industry
2: that you're in—that you didn't think people were speaking out enough and and clearly. Is that you? Don't did don't that don't. you still don't, right? Hmm? I'm
1: sorry, but. Um, I am stunned at my industry because if it was any other, can you imagine the WGA not putting out a statement after George Floyd and yet when it was the Jews, the Jews, by the way, all of our great material on television is pretty much from the Jews. Like the fact that they stayed silent for so long until they were pressured. Into into making a statement. By the way, Me Too movement. The Me Too movement. Women, they cut a fetus out of a mother's, a pregnant woman's stomach, and filmed it. And the Me Too movement isn't condemning Hamas. What? What? I, I. There are no words. So here's how I feel. My industry, and I love what I do. Of course, all the Jews are going to speak up. It's the non-Jews that need to speak up. Did she actually
0: ask about the Writers Guild of America? That's what the WGA is. They're the Television and Movie Writers. I don't know if they made any sort of statement about the murder of George Floyd, and I don't particularly care. I chronicle for you how racist these movies and TV shows are. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want any of these Hollywood writers to support us. What I want is for them to give an apology for all the racist movies and TV shows they've written. They want to write something, they can start with writing us an apology. But to Juliana Margulies, she's so desperate to find something to support her narrative that being Jewish means being ignored, that she's asking about the Writers Guild of America? Really? That's how far she has to reach? And what exactly is a statement from the WGA supposed to accomplish? Let's say that they put out a statement today condemning Hamas, etc. Hell, the Writers Guild were on strike just a few weeks ago. Let's say that they go ahead and get the picket lines gemmed up again and go do a demonstration in front of the U.N., then what's supposed to happen? What happens after the WGA makes a statement? Is Hamas gonna say, okay, we give up. The writers of Rick and Morty don't like us. Or are they gonna say, well, we're gonna keep fighting, but somebody wrote an episode of Law and Order where Hamas is the villain, so we give up. Is that what you to know when these things are gonna happen? Again, she seems to think that her press release is somehow is support, and that it's substantial. it's not. This is what happens when you of the white media when you live on and movie sets, and everything is scripts and makeup and special effects, and it's all about PR and all about influence through the media. See, when your entire livelihood revolves around who can get a good write-up in the Hollywood Reporter or Vanity Fair, or who can get mentioned with a good review in the New York Times, when that's what life and death is for you on a soundstage, you tend to lose complete perspective on the real world. See, when everything is scripts and makeup and special effects, it's all artificial. But since they spend so much time there, to them, that's what's real. The WGA. I mean, the words coming out of her mouth sound like a bad SNL skit. She's sitting here, this washed-up, over-the-hill-has-been actress. Why did the WGA say something? It would be funny, except for the fact that she spent most of her time taking pot shots at black people. When has anyone, anyone spoken out?
2: When has I mean the United States in World War II sent boatloads of Jews back
0: to Europe? I mean, when has anyone ever spoken up for the Jews? Well, I am very glad that you asked, Mr. Ostroy, because I can answer that question for you. Black Americans have spoken up for the Jews. Walter White, when he was head of the NAACP, he went to the UN in nineteen forty eight when the UN was debating whether or not to officially recognize Israel as a state. There were a number of African nations who objected to that. They said that they would refuse to recognize Israel, and it was Walter White who personally negotiated with those African countries to get them to approve it, and Israel was officially recognized because of a black American. But then, shortly thereafter, a number of Arab countries waged a war on Israel, and another black American, Ralph Bunch, went to those Arab countries at a time when the Arabs had the upper hand. They were going to defeat the Israelis, But it was a black American who went to them and personally negotiated an end to that war. Ralph Bunch was awarded the Nobel Prize for that, but you don't hear much from that. I don't think there's any street or even so much as a plaque in that man's honor in Israel. And you don't hear Jewish Americans like Juliana Margulies, or Andy Ostroy, or Jonathan Greenblatt with the ADL talking about that, they never mention these men. So when they ask who speaks for the Jews, black Americans have done that, numerous times. It's ridiculous to yes. claim that black Americans don't support Israel. We are the reason Israel exists. We made sure that Jews had a state of their own, a place where they can make their own rules and nobody can single that for being Jewish, a secure place where they're in charge, something we don't even have. Black Americans gave them their own country. What more do they want us to do? We don't live in Israel, and we have no say over their government. And as the poorest and most politically marginalized people in the world, we can't do anything about what's going on right <laughs> now. The U.S. government's already approved a massive shipment of money and weapons to Israel. That money can be added to the $3.5 billion the U.S. gives Israel every year. So again, what does Juliana Margulies want black Americans to do exactly that isn't already being done? Now, what if Margulies is saying is that she thinks black Americans need to be in the streets, chanting, marching, holding up signs and all the rest of that, that's fine. In that case, then I hope that she can also agree that $3.5 billion per year, can stop being given to Israel and can spent on American infrastructure instead. God knows we need it. And as for that massive amount of shipment of arms and weapons that the Congress signed off on, well, they can go ahead and bring that back to the U.S. too, because as Juliana Margulies is apparently meaning to say, all Israel really needs is black people to give moral support. Apparently, that's all Israel really needs, right? All right, now that we've had some of the setup, let's go ahead and get into some of the most inflammatory stuff that she said regarding black people.
1: You know there was a there was a, a film being shown by the this black lesbian club um, on Columbia campus, and they put signs up that said no Jews allowed. And as someone who plays uh, a lesbian journalist on the morning show, I'm I'm more offended by it as a lesbian than I am as a Jew, to be honest with you, because I want to say to them you idiots. You don't exist. Like, you're even lower than the Jews. A, you're black, and B, you're gay. And you're turning your back against the people who support you?
3: You,
0: uh, get all that? You're even lower than the Jews. That's what she said, you're lower than the Jews. She's seen to say, I consider you to be beneath me. And on a side note, you notice how she was talking about how she's offended as a lesbian? This woman is not a lesbian. She's married to a white man. So what the role is she doing talking about being a lesbian? See, this is somebody who has spent her entire life in front of cameras, reading from scripts, in the phony fake bubble of Hollywood. She can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. She can't tell the difference between what's real and what's artificial. So to her, it's all real. As long as it's something happening to her, as long as she's there, that's what makes it real. And notice that she started cursing. This is the point where she started cursing at When she gets specific about what she claims are black people questioning what's going on in Israel, that's when she starts cursing. And she aims her insults and her vitriol directly at these black students. She was unhappy about the LGBT community and the writers because she was unhappy about them. But let some black people say something she doesn't like, and she goes full Roland Martin, doesn't she? See, whether it's these left-wing racists or their bootlegs, they get vulgar and profane when they're talking about black people. When they're checking black people, putting black people in their place, the <laughs> profanity and the insults, they saved those for us. Now to explain what she's talking about, she's complaining about black lesbians at Columbia University, who she said put up a sign that said no Jews allowed. That's what she just said. You just saw it. Now when I heard that, that didn't even sound right. So being the black media, as we showed last time, when Nicole Wallace, one of the most stunningly ignorant people on cable TV. Falsely claimed that the FBI said anti-Semitic hate crimes were 60% of all hate crimes in the U.S. I figured what Margulies was doing was more the same, and that proved to be the case. This lesbian group she was talking about calls itself Ryan Les, which has been described as a club for queer women and non-binary people run by students of color. Keep that phrase in mind. That's the first thing that lets you know that maybe the same is as black as she was saying. The person most responsible for the controversy that Margulies is so wound up about is a young woman named Lizzie George Griffin. She's a senior at Columbia University. She's been doing the most to conflate the Israel-Palestinian conflict with the treatment of black people in America. Now, before we go any further, I'm sure some of you are going to have something to say about a young, light skinned lesbian at an Ivy League campus who chooses to differentiate herself based on sexual orientation. And we are going to get into that. But first, let's discuss this film screening that Lion Les was holding that Juliana Margulies was referencing. The film that <laughs> Lion Les was showing was called Shakedown, which is described as a chronicles of explicit performances in an underground lesbian club in Los Angeles. So this is the great student event that Miss Margulies is so angry about. She apparently is quite interested in what lesbians are getting up to in underground clubs, I suppose. Look, I'm a heterosexual black man, and I don't want to see what amounts to a porno film, okay? Now, from what I've found online from Columbia's own website, there were no signs being put up, as Juliana Margulies put it. There was, however, an email from an Instagram account that Ms. Griffin sent out, so that's the first thing we need to get straight here. There were no signs around campus being put up saying, no Jews allowed. That canard that black people are putting up signs saying no Jews allowed It's an absurd exaggeration meant to make people think of the Nazis, and Margulies knows this. Secondly, the email slash Instagram flyers did not say Jews aren't invited. Margulies claimed that's what it said, but she's wrong. It said Zionists are not invited, and that's not a small detail either. This is important to note because something Benjamin Netanyahu and those ideologically aligned with him like to do is to conflate Israel and Jewish as being the same thing, but they're not. There's a lot of Jewish people in the U.S., such as Jewish Voices for Palestine, who are protesting the Israeli government right now. You also have Jews in Israel, like the Orthodox Jews, who have been hanging Palestinian flags outside their stores and shop fronts, showing their solidarity with the Palestinians. And what was the response of the Israeli authorities to this? Well, remember, Israel is the only democracy in the region. So surely they just said, "Okay, guys, we disagree. But in Israel, we're a democracy. We believe in freedom of speech as long as you're being nonviolent. So as long as you guys aren't breaking windows or setting cars on fire, your little flags aren't a problem. That's what the Israeli authorities said, right? Wrong. This is what's going on in Israel right now, in the alleged only democracy in the region. The police openly and violently and deliberately attack people in the streets if they dare to disagree with the government. Because as we all know, nothing's more democratic than the police beating people into submission. How is this different than Iran or any other Arab state who the Israeli government or the white media excoriates for robbing their own citizens of their rights? The Israeli government is attacking, abusing, and oppressing its own Jewish citizens. Ms. Margulies doesn't mind, because these Orthodox Jews in Israel, they disagree with her position. So it's okay to brutalize them, but to criticize the Israeli government? Now, that we can't have. For people like Netanyahu and his corrupt pals, it is crucial that they define Israeli and Jewish as one and the same. And it's also equally crucial that they do away with any Jewish voices who disagree. Ignore them if you can, but crush them if they're too loud or too visible to be ignored. There have been a number of white media outlets, including Columbia's campus paper, that have talked to Ms. George Griffin, and she has said that Jewish and Zionists are not the same thing, and that she wasn't saying that all Jews are barred from this little gathering, which I can't imagine anybody who was champing at the bit to go. Now, as for Mrs. Griffin's own personal leanings, I've read some of her online postings. You'll notice that she uses words like brown people to describe the groups who have been oppressed. First of all, nobody else speaks up for us so no black person should be putting on the table. A lot of these groups who she calls brown people, they discriminate against black people in their own lands. Look at how black Latinos are treated, how black people are treated in India. The same way that she calls out the white media and others who try to use Zionist as an umbrella term to encompass anyone who's Jewish, whether they agree with Zionism or not, it's the same way that she puts forward this flat definition of brown people that includes black folks and anyone not classified as white, while leaving out that a lot of them identify as white on employment applications, driver's licenses, and the census forms. So while she comes off as a very Step angry, faux radical, came which you see on every single college teams. campus without exception, I feel she's blessed. also very young, very bellicose, and absolutely harmless. Well, at least as far as the issue of Israel is concerned. Nothing she says is going to change anything. Nobody follows her. Nobody's going to bust a grape because Israel supporters weren't welcome to a porno film that she was hosting on campus. Also, this is not the first time that Lizzie Griffin has been in the news. Just two months ago, she went viral in a video where she confronted the president of the Dominican Republic over its country's treatment of Haitians she also then went off in the weeds and began protesting homophobia and transphobia. And she said the discouraging homosexuality was only done so slave masters could get the enslaved to have more children for their plantations. So in other words, she used that as a platform for her to do one of her speeches so she could fit in all this other stuff she wanted to say. About the only important thing was when the Dominican president denied that racism exists in his country and he began filibustering, she turned from the microphone and walked away. By the way, she captioned her Instagram post with the words, I stand with hate. A lot of you are wondering if she is perhaps an immigrant herself, since a disproportionate number of non-white college students are. So far, her name strongly suggests to me that she perhaps is, but I haven't had enough time to scour her social media background to verify it, so. Anyway, this is who and what Miss Griffin is, a professional activist who looks at any trending news story or any opportunity to stand in front of a microphone as her chance to push her own message. Her social media presence seems to represent her pretty accurately, capricious and mature, wanting to challenge things that matter but not having the knowledge or experience to do it with. She's offensive to some, but she's not dangerous to anyone, least of all dangerous to the Jewish community or to Israel. But now we get to the point that Juliana Margulies really wanted to make. She drops all pretense that she's not talking down to and insulting the black community. This is the part where she decides to go all in and show exactly what she thinks of black people and what she has no doubt thought of black people for many, many years now.
1: Did you see um, U.S. and the Holocaust, the Ken Burns documentary? Everyone should watch it. It should be mandatory watching. Mm -hmm. Especially for the black community, if I may. Because Hitler got his entire playbook from the Jim Crow South. The Nazis were watching how the Jim Crow South were treating slaves and said, oh, great call, let's do that playbook. That's what we'll do to the Jews, which is also why in the civil rights movement, the Jews were the ones that walked side by side with, with the blacks to fight for their rights because they know. And now the black community isn't embracing us? And saying we stand with you the way you stood with us? Bitch, fuck you. Jews died for their cause. Where's the history lesson in that? Who's, who's teaching these kids? Because the fact that the entire black community isn't standing with us to me says either they just are, they don't know or they've been brainwashed. They hate mm-hmm. Jews.
0: Man, you could just tell she wanted to say the n-word so bad. She just wanted to say it so bad. It was on the tip of her tongue. She just wanted to say it. Notice how condescending she is. How lecturing she is. Ken Burns' documentary should be mandatory viewing, especially for the black community, if I may. I mean, her words are just dripping with condescension. Black people don't need to be educated about the connections between the Jim Crow South and the Nazis. We lived it. Black people already know that Hitler got his playbook from the Jim Crow South. He got it from people like Judah Benjamin, who was the vice president of the Confederacy and one of the largest slave owners in the US. He got the playbook from Lehman Brothers, who were cotton brokers in Alabama during slavery. They owned slaves and they used the seed money from their dry goods store to launch their brokerage firm. There were people in the deep south who were teaching the Germans how to monetize racism, how to monetize discrimination so it would perpetuate itself. Black people already know this who apparently didn't know it were white people, including people like Juliana Margulies and others, who were not calling it out and weren't stopping it. But to have this rich, privileged, pampered bigot whitesplaining and talking down to black people about what we lived through, we've been talking about it for 80 years at least. Where's she been at? Well, I'm not taking any lectures or moral lessons from this reprobate. On top of that, she also talked about Jewish Americans supporting black people. Now, when this happens, they normally reference Michael Schwerner and Andrew Goodman. They were two of the now-famous three civil rights workers, Goodman, Schwerner, and Cheney, who were murdered in Mississippi by sheriffs, deputies in the 60s. First of all, Goodman and Schwerner were in Mississippi as an act of personal conscience. They didn't and never said that they were representing people of the Jewish faith. That's what their sacrifice has been revised into since their murder. Also, notice that whenever someone gives the names of the three murder victims, they always mention the black one, James Cheney, dead last. Always. Normally, when mentioning multiple murder victims, the practice is to mention them by alphabetical order, or by prominence. But in this case, you had three anonymous individuals who were killed. In which case, even if they went with alphabetical order, which is how that normally is done, Cheney would be mentioned first. But instead, he's mentioned dead last. Always. This is the practice of revising history so as to minimize, if not eliminate, the actions, accomplishments, and contributions of Black people, to make Black people into mere bystanders in our own story. But if Margulies really wanted to know where the Black people are at, why Black people aren't in the streets taking up for Israel, it's because we're still busy fighting against the racist cops who are killing us in the streets. We're still trying to survive in these racist hospitals. We're still dealing with mass incarceration. We're still bearing the brunt of the cost of living crisis and homelessness. Which for black people, cost of living and homelessness, all these things are a never-ending series of crises for us. Most non-black Americans only just noticed. And the rest of these phony liberals sat on their hands while we have been killed and left to fend for ourselves, so that's what we're doing. So she'll have to forgive us if we don't have time to support this or that cause. Black people are too busy trying to keep our heads above water. She would know that if she actually spent time monitoring us and not just when she wants something. And what she's saying about black people being brainwashed, that's just more racist tropes. Black people are always these simple-minded, ignorant folks. They just don't have any minds of their own. No critical thinking skills. That's what the FBI was saying. They said that black people were communist dupes. That's the word that they use describing Dr. King and everybody else in the Civil Rights Movement. And during slavery, well, black people, they just don't know what's in their best interest. That's why they need to be enslaved, because black people, they're just these ignorant troglodytes, mind you. That's the well that she's drawing from when she says black people are brainwashed. It's the old black people that are just this one gigantic, mindless nigger. They just can't think for themselves and why anyone could tell them any pack of lies and they'll go along with it, because they're just so dumb. That's what she's actually trying to say. I mean she wanted to use the N word so bad. Never before in history has any white liberal wanted to go ahead and say the N word. You could tell. And this Andy character, after he did all of this fear mongering and all this race baiting, he admits that he's not scared. He's indignant because he feels that people aren't doing what he wants them to.
2: It's such a complicated situation. A it is a lonely place to be, and it's it's I'm not I was gonna say it's a scary place to be, but
0: I, I find myself not really being scared. I'm, I'm more, more just livid. So after all that, after all of that complaining and race being and dumping on the black community, he comes out and says what we already knew. He's not scared and he's right not to be. It just goes to show how safe Jews are in the United States and worldwide that Margulies and Ostroy have to reach to these absurd lengths just to find something to be angry at black people about. Not because they're scared, but because they're angry. A woman Juliana Margulies never heard of, part of a campus group in Columbia that she's never heard of, screening films that she knows nothing about and doesn't even want to see. It's like being barred from attending the monthly meetings of the Brotherhood of Oddfellows. This is an over the hill actress trying to make herself seem important by stoking fears over a non-troversy. She's getting all worked up over a nothing burger and she wants other people to be worked up about it too. Barring people from seeing a campus porno film is not the same as Crystal Kristallnacht. It's not the same as the liquidation of the Warsaw Ghetto. But that's how it's being framed by a woman who I think knows better than that. Phony grievances and fake outrage is what this is. You want to see Jews who are being attacked openly just look at what Netanyahu's government is doing to its own citizens. There's no black people anywhere in the world who are doing this. But who do we see Margulies talking about? This is psychopathic racism this constant fixation on black people in cases and circumstances where we shouldn't even be mentioned. And as far as standing with the Jews, I would recommend the Jewish community stand with us because the safest place in America for the Jews is in a black city. When the neo nazis stage their rallies, they don't go to black cities, they go to majority white areas. The Unite the Right rally was in Charlottesville, Virginia, which has a 66% black population. After that riot, Richard Spencer and his murderous pals plan a second Unite the Right rally. This time in D.C. Again, they chose a city that's not majority black. D.C. hasn't been a majority black city in over a decade. Today, the city's black population is only 44 percent. On top of that, D.C. has a number of different police agencies there, so the white supremacists know that they can depend on the cops to bail them out if some counter protesters get too close. You don't see these racists doing any of their rallies in Detroit or Memphis, or Birmingham, or New Orleans. They tried to do one in Philly, but they literally got ran out of town. And they know this, so they stick to places that are not majority black. Places like the ones Juliana Margulies lives in. There's not one black mayor in America who has ever targeted Jewish people. Not one black mayor has ever said that Jewish residents need to be racially profiled, or arrested, or singled out, or that Jews are responsible for all the crimes, or that Jews have done anything that necessitates targeting them, or to even cast aspersions on them. There have, however, been a number of mayors who happen to be of the Jewish faith, who have racially denigrated black people like Michael Bloomberg, and when he was confronted on his racist stop and frisk policies, how he did nothing to reduce crime and all they ever did was just harass black people, Bloomberg doubled down on it. He said that he felt that even more black people needed to get arrested and needed to be harassed. He specifically singled black people out. He only pretended to walk back some of it when he wanted to make his doomed to fail presidential run. For that, he was a hardcore anti-black racist and still is today. I don't recall where Juliana Margulies was at when Bloomberg was mayor. I also don't recall Jonathan Greenblatt the A.D.L. taking Bloomberg to task either. You also had that woman Judith Varnai shore the consul general of Israel. She was part of the diplomatic envoy of Israel, and behind closed doors, she said the young black people were Israel's biggest problem. The major problem of
4: Israel is with the young generation. of
0: Next slide here starts here. Reportedly, this video was recorded in 2016. Now you remember the Unite the Right rally was the very next year in 2017. You had neo-Nazis marching with torches and saying Jews will not replace us. But the year prior to that, you had one of Israel's most important ambassadors saying that young black people and the BLM movement were Israel's biggest problem. Varni Shore was Israel's ambassador to the southeastern U.S. The Unite the Right rally was not far from where she had been in Atlanta, and yet she wasn't so vocal about it. I don't recall her saying much of anything at all. So black people saying that anti-black violence has to stop and Israel's ambassador says that's Israel's biggest problem, but neo-Nazis march through the streets yelling, Jews will not replace us, and they kill a woman just to prove their point. And crickets. Not just from Varnai Shaw, but From the israeli government as well and it tells me a lot about what their true priorities are when they're more interested in what college kids are saying than what these white supremacists are doing and the racists like david horowitz Ed blum stephen miller bs er i mean ben shapiro spouting every kind of anti-blank racism imaginable fueling a white supremacist hate machine against us where has juliana margulies been to call them out Now, do you see black people saying all of these vile things about the Jewish community? No, you don't. So what the hell is she talking about? Nothing, apparently. Now, she's recently done the usual, predictable, insincere apologies about all this racist stuff that she said. I didn't want to cause more division. No, what she's scared of is that she might actually lose her position on her show, which I doubt. A lot of these white media racists are just as bigoted as she is. But the fact that she's trying some pathetic CYA maneuver, what it shows is this woman just wanted to go ahead and vent and gripe about black people, and now that she's done that, she feels her job is finished. And you know what? I'm pretty much finished with her too. Juliana Margulies is no victim, and black people haven't been brainwashed. Juliana Margulies has, though, and it was a small load of wash. But since she loves the sound of her own voice so much, I'll let her have the last word.
1: People are only...
0: Seeing what they want to see. Yes, Juliana. That is exactly what you did. Good evening, and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Creighton Consulting, Eric Bailey, David Green, Kevin Riley, and Andrew Lewis. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you. Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor and this is the moment of truth. Talk about deja vu all over again, or in this case, I told you so. For the second time in a week, the U.S. is claiming that a Navy vessel and some commercial ships that they were escorting came under attack by Houthi rebels in Yemen. If you don't know what that's about, you can watch the previous video I did about it, but the upshot is that there's a proxy war going on in Yemen. The Iranians are backing the Houthi rebels, and the Saudis, along with the U.S., are backing the current Yemeni government. Not hard to see who the white media wants you to see as the bad guys here. I clued on to this story last week because it was totally suspicious to me how the white media just randomly decided to do blanket coverage about the Houthis, a group that I only had passing knowledge of, and to throw them into the news cycle and to do wide widespread so everybody would see it. It's like I've always told you, nothing happens in a vacuum under white supremacy. We know what's normal, quote-unquote, for them or what's not. And when they just came out of the blue with these guys and giving blanket coverage to them as if they were so important, that's how you know somebody wants these guys to be put in front of you. Somebody wants these Houthi rebels and the occasional pot-shot missile attack that they do to be front of mind for you. Keep in mind, this isn't the first time that the Houthis have done this. They've launched missiles before at U.S. warships. Last time they did it was back in 2016, in the dying days of the Obama administration. See, this has happened before. White media barely mentioned those prior missile attacks when they happened. Now, though, they're describing this as a major escalation. Major escalation? That's the kind of phrasing that they normally only use for China or Russia or North Korea. Two missiles is what constitutes a major escalation? To say major escalation gives the impression that this has been going on all the time. This is some sort of years-long rivalry that's coming to a head, but it's not. And the Houthis are not some nuclear power. I could see it differently if this was China or Russia, but it's not. You got some ragtag rebels who want to put together their own little Islamic caliphate out there. This is not something that's the end of the world. But the white media is talking about is if just the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Major escalation indeed. Funny, they didn't use that kind of alarmist rhetoric (coughs) when they were talking about the prior Houthi missile launches several years back. But the AP is a U.S. government propaganda organ. As I explained last week, they had the Houthis in their sights for several years now. Why? Because they see making a big deal out of the Houthis as being their entree to the real goal. A war in Iran that they can use to bring down the current government and install puppet leaders who will do their bidding. Just like they did in Iraq. Iran has been on the U.S.'s to-do list for decades, and with the war in Israel, a number of policymakers in the U.S. and Tel Aviv are testing the waters, literally, to see if maybe now will be their chance to finally cross Iran off that list of nations that the U.S. has been wanting to topple. These stories are not news stories. These are trial balloons. They're taking the public's temperature. Last week, they claimed that one U.S. warship in the Gulf of Aden, which is to the south of Yemen, had two missiles fired at it though the missiles landed 10 miles away from the ship. But that was called an attack. Well, just remember the black media called this out and we told you that last week's attack was hardly the end of the story. And yesterday there was a report that it happened again. Only this time they're claiming it was two ships that had missiles lobbed at them in the Red Sea. Not just one Navy ship, now they're saying it was two ships. And this time they're saying that the Houthis have taken credit for the attack. With the Houthi general saying that They hit one ship with one of their missiles, and they used a drone against another. The general allegedly has said that the Houthis have warned ships about coming in that area, especially if those ships are Israeli or associated with the Israelis. Now, I'm curious about what was on those ships. Why would the Houthis want to be taking potshots at them? They didn't say they would attack any ships in the area. They said that they would attack ships that they thought were Israeli or associated with the Israelis. So the Houthis apparently think that they have reason to target those ships. I'd like to know why. The white media calls them cargo vessels, they're commercial vessels. Well, keep in mind, the big weapons manufacturers, the ones who make things like the Iron Dome system for Israel, when they load their missiles and their missile launchers onto those ships, that's considered to be commercial cargo, well, if nobody knows what it is. And if these ships are heading to Israel, or if they're Israeli-affiliated, why is it that there's US warships going on? The Israelis have ships of their own, they should be doing that. They're the ones who want the weapons, let them guard the ships. Hell, AP is saying that one of the ships that was involved is British, and that an Israeli citizen is one of the officers of that ship. That man, Dan David Unger, is the son of a billionaire Israeli shipping magnate, Abraham Rami Unger. So, right on cue, we see that there's the British connection. The Brits have been involved in every U.S. war for 100 years now. We also see big-money interest in Israel, too, along with claims that the Houthis are going to continue taking potshots at these ships passing through. This has all the makings of a disaster. Now the U.S. can handle these guys with missile strikes of its own. The AP story mentions in 2016 that the Houthis got rowdy, and the U.S. hit some of the Houthis' radar sites with Tomahawk missiles, and that seemed to calm them down. But that was before Netanyahu's fat was in the fire. About the only salient things that I've seen in the Aryan propagandist, I mean AP report, is that the ceasefire that was declared in Israel last week didn't hold, which I had told you it wouldn't. Netanyahu can't afford for this war to end soon, because the second it does, he'll have to face the music for having failed to prevent the October 7th attacks in the first place, not to mention his own ongoing corruption trial, which he was in the middle of before this attack took place. And with the war in Israel now resuming and global opinion sharply turning against Israel, They would benefit a lot from having another distraction, like, say, someone launching missiles at U.S. Navy ships. People in the U.S. are souring on sending Israel weapons and money, but if a U.S. warship is attacked, then the U.S. public might decide to go all-in on continuing the war, or at the very least, the opposition to it might die down. It would even give certain interested parties an opportunity to expand the war in the region. The AP is even reporting that the Houthis have allegedly fired missiles toward israel during its war in the gaza strip this is basically making a direct connection between what the houthis are doing and the war in israel so what that says to me is someone's hedging their bets just in case the we gotta go to war with them to stop iran angle doesn't pan out they can always say well these guys are taking shots at israel so we gotta defend our ally whatever it takes The fog of war covers a lot of things When the fog clears, all you have is wreckage. If something happens one time, it's a phenomenon. If it happens twice, it's a coincidence. But do we really need to wait until there's three times in a row before we recognize what's happening? Just because something hasn't happened in 60 years doesn't make it a phenomenon. That is, if you know your history. It's not clear whether or not the powers that be can parlay this into a full-on war with Iran. But this shows that someone would like it to go there. That's why they're making sure to have these news stories put in front of the public. They want the public to think about this, to see this. They want the city drumbeat of news and threatening intimations about the Houthis to continue. It was also just yesterday that the rest of the world finally realized what I had told you from the jump. I immediately compared last week's missile attack report to the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Nobody else had made that connection, and they certainly didn't go into the withering detail about it that I did. So a week later, as usual, the white media pulls up their rear, or should I say, the people who get their news online from white media outlets and websites. After the report of this latest missile attack, this time in the Red Sea, people are finally starting to show some skepticism. And yesterday on Twitter, you had Gulf of Tonkin trending. Long story short, people who had heard about this second alleged missile attack are now saying what we here have been saying for a week. This is exactly like the Gulf of Tonkin, and they're suspicious. They should be. Now this is not about patting ourselves on the back here. You don't need it, and I don't care to aggrandize myself. This is about letting everyone else know that the information you get from the black media isn't just cutting edge, it's bleeding edge. As black people, too many of us have willfully gone along with the lie that the analyses you get from black people isn't that good. This is due to two factors. First of all, the Negroes you see on white media, television, or listen to on white radio, or see in print on a white newspaper or publication, in 90% of cases, they're in the employ of the white media, the white media doesn't choose black mouthpieces based on intelligence. It chooses them based on their obedience. They don't talk about news because their job is to shuck and jive and to get you to do the same thing. So the joke reads and the breakfast shlubs are useless when it comes to enlightening the people. Second factor, the few Negroes who you hear from who are not necessarily in the white media's pockets, well, at least not all the way in there, though they aspire to be A lot of them are usually on some kundalini energy nonsense. Pure gibberish. So whenever they pretend to try to tackle issues, it usually devolves into asinine conspiracy theories. And let's be honest, 98% of those, they just regurgitate from whatever nonsense they see on white message boards or what have you. They don't even come up with their own conspiracy theories, they just recycle someone else's. See the rich, the people who have monopolized the resources and who we have to fight against, They don't believe in getting their news from the TV or newspapers. After all, they own them. And they just use TV shows and newspapers to control, manipulate, and mislead you. The stuff that they call news is really just entertainment. Just another white media product produced, packaged, and presented to you no differently than the latest episode of CSI. The men who truly run things, they get their news from people who they pay to gather it for them. And the stuff that they see looks nothing like the infotainment they put in front of you. This is what you need the black media for. Because while any old schlub can go beneath the headlines, we go further than that. We also make it a point to tell you what's coming next, and that's crucial. We want to set a high bar for what you should come to expect from anyone who claims to be bringing you the news. It's simply not enough to tell people what's going on. They can see that for themselves. What they need is for someone to explain what these things really mean and where the events are going. Tell them something they don't know. Because if the U.S. is reenacting the Gulf of Tonkin incident, black people need to know about that before the U.S. declares war on Iran. They need to know about it before the steady drumbeat becomes a deafening crescendo and people get swept up in yet another rush to war. If for no other reason, so that black people can prepare themselves. I want you to rest assured that when you listen to the black media, you're not just getting the most accurate and intelligent information and commentary on this that's relevant to black people. What you're getting is the highest level of analysis, too. I said many years ago that I consider it my privilege and duty to feed the minds of my people. And when you sit down at Professor Truth's table, I don't serve junk food. This is why I stay away from celebrity gossip. or discussing things about sports, entertainers, religion, etc. Unless there's an important overarching reason that I can use the story to educate more. Black people flock to those things because they don't require you to think. Those topics don't demand much from you. Penny amusements and vulgar distractions is what they are. To continue the food analogy, all of that stuff makes your brain flabby and weak. You need to build up your mental muscles. And you can't do that with gossip and stories about stupid people arguing with other stupid people. I don't offer your mind junk food. I offer vegetables, fruits, and whole grains. The hard stuff. It's not comfort food. It's empowerment food. It's not necessarily fun to consume, but it will make your mind stronger because you'll develop an appetite for this, and you'll lose interest in that other stuff. It's not sexy, and it's not fun, but it will keep you alive and in the driver's seat. While everyone else is a week late and scrambling to get up to speed, you're already in the know. As I've told you, there's a reason I select to cover and comment on the stories that I do. When you look at my videos, you see that I cover a huge range of things, and at first blush, You may feel that it's somewhat random, or that it may not necessarily be part of a whole, but it's only when you go back you look and see that things that I talked about weeks or months ago actually come to pass later on. I was telling you about the what and why of events that hadn't happened yet. That being the case, obviously we're going to be keeping an eye on this latest major escalation, which is nothing more than a continuation of the U.S.'s 100-plus year-long never-ending war. You just make sure you keep both eyes and both ears on the black media. The old saying, forewarned is forearmed, is true. And that being the case, as black people, we need to make it our business to be armed to the teeth. Good day, and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Burkett Cochrane, Stephen 12, Tiffany Johnson, Ronald Waits, and Jesse Garrett. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Now more than ever, black empowerment only exists because of you.
5: Behavior. Not all women, but many women. Okay, so it doesn't necessarily you know mean that it's always black women that are so angry. I see parents that are angry every day. And like I said before, nobody calls them out to
6: me. And
5: so anyway, now at the end of the day. You know, Jeezy accused her of basically acting as a gatekeeper for their daughter to, like, to try to intervene in the relationship with him and his daughter. A rep for Jeezy denied her accusations, saying that any claim of infidelity on Mr. Jenkins' behalf are 100% false, and he has no further statements at this time. Now, on Thursday, the Leave You Alone artist filed paperwork in Fulton County, Georgia, asking that a judge set clearly defined. Temporary legal and physical custody rights in regards to his and Jenny Mize, or Jenny Jenkins' uh, currently, daughter, Monica. He said both parties had agreed upon a visitation schedule through the end of 2023. But however, the situation had become increasingly less feasible over time. Okay, saying the lack of consistency, continuity, and stability inherently associated with such a haphazard and fluid parenting time schedule is stressful to the child. And it is as, and it has as, uh, unfortunately, is unfortunately inevitable with all families in transition, and created uncertainty, tension, and confusion regarding not only parenting time, but also in regard to each parent's role and rights of when the child is in their respective custody. And this is what the document said. Uh, so, Jeezy also. Uh, jenny my jenkins of uh, acting as a gatekeeper when it comes to him exercising parenting time with monica uh, so he found for divorce in september after two years of marriage uh the decision to end this chapter in my life was not made impulsively and comes with a heavy heart in october this is what he said in october now despite this my love and respect for Jenny remains and at the time we spent together uh that hope i hold that je- cherished a-, a cherished place in my heart so Sounds to me like, Jeannie, if if what he is alleging is true, that is. It sounds like Jeannie's trying to use the child uh, as a wedge or as a tool because she may be bitter. Don't women often do that? Not all women, but some women absolutely do that, which is very unfortunate because in the interim, they're not only hurting the man, but they're hurting their own child. And I think it's very selfish and petty for women that do those sorts of things. I absolutely do. So... Anyway, now let's talk about Dion Sanders and Tracy Edmonds. They're calling it quits. Primetime split. Tracy Edmonds, Deion Sanders, longtime fiance, uh, announces a breakup after all this time. And so Edmonds, the longtime fiance of the University of Colorado football coach, Dion Sanders, announced that the couple is splitting up. Edmund, age 56, announced the breakup in an Instagram post on Sunday night. Sanders, age 56 and sports illustrated sports person of the year last week, had been with Edwards for 12 years. And they say, we have mutually decided that it's best for us to move forward in life as free. And have made this decision
7: with love in our hearts respect for one another, and appreciation for the time we showed together. Edwards and Sanders
5: wrote this in a statement on her Instagram page. They said, please keep us in your prayers as we go through this transition. Thank you for being there for us all so much. Well, this is very sad. I don't know what happened, but this is really sad uh, as far as I'm concerned. Now, in the comments section Edmunds, of Edmund's Post, Sanders' answered saying that Edmunds had been a true blessing to me. That's what he said. I appreciate the times we've shared and the laughs we've had. You are an amazing woman and a tremendous mother. God bless you with every endeavor and every step you take. You are her, Tracy. Now, Sanders and Edmunds met at a movie premiere, uh, movie premiere party in 2012. Sanders only chatted briefly with Edmonds, who had produced the movie, but asked the friend to get her business card that night. And then several months later, he reached out to Edmonds. Uh, Primetime's Vision for a Television Reality Series uh, reported this information. Now they say, he says, I started off thinking I was just going to produce Dion's family book. Well, this is what Tracy says. Uh, but as I started working with Dion on the show quite fond of each other and ended up dating Edmonds announced the couple's engagement in an instagram post on valentine's day 2019. let me tell you something ladies 12 years is a long time to spend with somebody and then only for it to end up in a breakup okay i'm just saying it's a long time to spend with somebody 12 whole years and then it ends in a breakup not a marriage i'm just saying that's a long time to waste, because that's what it would seem like to me. But, hey, what do I know? Meantime, let's talk about that Joe, because that Joe said if y'all think for one second that y'all are going to try to stick in with some Rico Church because of his lyrics, guess what? Those lyrics are all fake. All right, those lyrics are all fake. Now, what I just said previously, Fat Joe didn't actually say that. That's what I just said. Uh, but, anyway, this is all so nefarious. All oh, hell no. I said he gave her the exit, the HR exit. Not the HR exit. Okay. Alice Child said, not spending 12 years and no marriage. And Mr. and Mrs. said, can't control that. This is true. A twisted logic says she's a placeholder. He just said they would have been commonwealth marriage at 10 years in Virginia. Okay. Uh, so. At the end of the day, listen, I don't think she was a placeholder. I think they were really in love. But, you know, sometimes people grow apart, unfortunately. I don't know what happened, but I wish them both well. Now let's talk about Fat Joe. Here's what he had to say. Lights up, everyone. Please get those lights up, y'all. I know they
7: have Queen Shadow Man Pay attention. reaction
1: when you see that he's on trial, accused,
7: and that his lyrics can now be used
1: against him in his
7: trial? That's horrible. It's travesty. Uh, I've been rapping professionally for 30 years. I've lied in almost 95% of my songs. Man, <laughs> my, I I'm I I just, just so... I, I write like I feel that day. Mm-hmm. I'm just being creative. You know, you, you could probably put... You couldn't build a jail high enough for the lyrics I've set on songs, which are all untrue. What I am is a family man, a person who gives back to my community all the time, open businesses in my community. So the music would never amount to the actual person joseph Cartagena so what's what's even more horrible is that the district attorneys they know those lyrics ain't real they know that's creativity but if it helps their case they'll use it to put these guys in jail and here we're having a fun show about it and discussion but there really is six defendants in atlanta who might spend the rest of their life in jail for something that's uh, totally not true. Yeah, you're saying this is not a laughing matter. This is very serious. Oh, uh, this is very serious. This destroys families. This destroys, uh, I would I would say, those guys got at least 100 people that are employed by them, that they pay their bills. You know, no thanksgiving for them, no thanksgiving for the 100 employees. Well, you all
5: heard what he said. Those are all just jokes okay those are not real none of it is real none of that all of these radio rappers are liars at the end of the day like i said before i just have questions as to how they think they can use the lyrics you know to convict somebody i'm sorry what about artistic creation okay at the end of the day are they going to do that to the people who write these nefarious movies about gangsters and killings and all of that of course they're not going to Okay, but here's the thing that I find interesting. I want you all to pay attention, because you see, uh, we've heard the stories. We've heard um, what is the guy from uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony? I can't remember which one it was. I want to say it was Crazy Bone, but I could be wrong. It's one of them but that said they went to an industry meeting back in the '90s, and they were basically telling them to, you know, uh, that they had these private prisons that they're invested in and all that stuff and they wanted them to write a certain type of rap. So I find it interesting that on the one hand, people in the music industry, certain people have told these rappers to talk about killing, murders, calling women bees and hoes, and you know, doing drugs, and all kinds of things that are detrimental to our society, uh, specifically the black community, uh, specifically to the youth who listen to this type of music. They've told them to do these things, and they've taken away the positive aspect of the lyrics that we had prior. And but now those lyrics that they were encouraged to write are being used against them to send them to the same private prisons that they were initially writing this music to have people sent to. I just want you all to pay attention how the devils are so slick. They are so crafty and so clever. They are, in fact, the crafty counsel of the wicked. Okay, and as the Honorable Mr. Lewis Farrakhan says, they are wickedly wise. Please pay attention absolutely nefarious as far as i'm concerned but hey what do i know so i just saw a receipt about diddy i haven't listened to it yet i just saw it pop up on the screen i'm gonna play the audio for you after i play some other things uh i'm not going to show the video because i do not have permission but i will play the audio and as i said i don't know what's on here but i know from the title the person who posted this video says that jason lee from hollywood unlock has turned on Diddy and is spilling tea. Now, I don't know if it's clickbait or not, but we're going to listen to it so we can find out and get the details. Uh, this person who posted, Mor- Morale, is up and, you know, all his stuff that he's posted thus far is credible as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so with that all being said, let's get into some of these videos because here's the thing. A lot of the video footage from past things that Diddy has done or said have now resurfaced. And there's a whole lot of skeletons on that closet so let's get into the to gonna, It's going to take us a while because it's like maybe I have like five or six videos. Okay, so if you all are here for it, I can show this information. Who's here for it? Is anybody here for it? Because I know I am. Okay, once in the chat, if you're here for it, if you want to hear all these videos or see these videos of all the shady stuff that Honeycomb's has been up to. Alright, uh, like I said, these have been previously posted like some of them years ago, some of them maybe a year or so ago, but these things have resurfaced. Y'all are so messy, just like me, and clearly Fanny, and so everybody's putting ones. Okay, look at Six Foot Three Soldier, Queen Sam, Lamar, all of you. All. Okay, so I'm going to show these videos. And let me just say this before I get started. There was another video. I lost it in my archives. I don't know where it is, and I really didn't have time to keep looking for it. If I find it, maybe I'll play it later this week, but There was a video where a white guy was saying that years ago he went to a a party, an industry party, and he opened the door to the wrong room because he was looking for a restroom and who did he see in there besides Pete Denny, honeycombs that is, Uh, sitting on a sofa or lying on the sofa cuddling, spooning, shall shall I say, spooning with another man. And he says that they were sipping Hennessy out of the same glass. And then he says fast forward some months later he went to a video shoot he was on set and he saw diddy and he said diddy and him locked eyes and then he said where do i know you from and the guy said miami and Diddy he was like oh yeah true and so basically he said that diddy obviously recognized and remembered where he'd seen him from and the reason the guy says he's telling the story is in case anything nefarious should happen to him uh he wants everyone to know uh, possibly that you know who did it it's all so nefarious but anyway i digress so let's get into it lights up everyone please like and share now some of these videos contain take footages uh, uh footage of things that i've already shown you but there's also some things i definitely haven't shown you so please and also one more thing if you hear anything or if you um some parts of any of the videos that have silence like they're muted that's because they may have had music or something playing in the background So I had to mute them, okay? So just wanna let you all know that so you're not saying, oh, please, we can't hear. But so I did have to mute some of it. And just for the record, I can't confirm or deny any of the things that are shown in these video clips.
8: I'm just showing.
9: And just look at how T.D. Jakes is standing.
7: Y'all know that stand. I gotta give a special thank you to the people that was really like there for me. Bishop T.D. Jakes.
10: Mace just dropped a bombshell about the controversial preacher and Diddy's longtime friend, T.D. Jakes, and rumor has it that Pastor Jakes has been attending a lot of freak-offs at Diddy's parties. Rumors about T.D. Jakes being everything but a man of God have been circulating for a long time. However, some new details surfaced recently about him and Diddy being part of the secret club where freak-offs are just the tip of the iceberg. So what did Mace reveal about T.D. Jakes? And what exactly did Jakes do at Diddy's parties? Let's get into it. And I
11: want to tell you why,
2: you know. If the devil can use him aggressively, then I want you to know God can use me
10: aggressively. It looks like Cassie's lawsuit against Diddy could be the unraveling of the industry. And if Diddy gets criminally prosecuted, there's a long list of people he could drag down with him. And one of them is his longtime friend and spiritual mentor, T.D. Jakes. Now, if you don't know who T.D. Jakes is, he's one of those prosperity preachers who claims Jesus is rich and God wants us to accumulate as much wealth as possible. But you'll never catch T.D. Jakes doing what Jesus did and spending time with the poor and the downtrodden. Instead, Bishop Jakes prefers to keep the company of presidents, celebrities, and millionaires. And hands down, his favorite celebrity to hang out with is Diddy. So much so that rumors have been circulating for years that these two are more than friends. Speculations about T.D. Jakes being on the DL have been around for a long time, and they reached a fever pitch back in 2009 after his son, Jermaine Jakes, was arrested for openly soliciting undercover vice detective in a public park just a few blocks from his father's megachurch, the Potter's House in Dallas, Texas. Now, as for Diddy and TD Jakes' friendship, it goes back years, and Diddy even enlisted Jakes to officiate the funeral of his ex, Kim Porter. When Kim died, Pastor Jakes shared her photo on his Instagram, and in the caption, he talked about the love that he had for Kim. He wrote, Though you may grieve her absence, realize that many people never had such love in all of their lives. You are blessed to have someone to miss." So it looks like T.D. Jakes thinks love means controlling, beating, and breaking your girlfriend's nose, because that's exactly how Diddy treated Kim, allegedly.
7: Kim was going through the same thing, the beatings? That's Kim's book. Did you hear about the fact that he, he broke Kim's nose on a yacht?
10: But despite Diddy's reputation as one of the most depraved men in the industry, T.D. Jakes never missed an invitation to one of Diddy's infamous parties. Hmm. when Jack wright was asked why she thinks TV jake is always at these parties she had this to say uh, I mean, for him to be at a
4: diddy party i don't know like
8: i i feel the same way about that as i feel about when tyler perry came to his church and laid hands on him and he caught the holy spirit from tyler perry tyler perry is the bishop of what <laughs> like i've never like
5: and I cut a check for a hundred. I'm, I'm
4: gonna lay my hands on your bishop and he said that oh, the oh. And then the bishop said it's on the internet. F- he's ah, he's doing all of this, right? And then there's a woman on on the on the dais screaming, push the baby out. Push that baby. Push the,
10: push the Are we a church? Or is this about to turn into like a whole nother scene, like a lost scene from Eyes Wide Shut? And Jaguar wasn't lying about that Tyler Perry situation. Back in 2013, T.D. Jakes received a prayer from Tyler in a ceremony that really did look like something from Eyes Wide Shut. And this happened shortly after Jakes also received a check of $1 million from Perry. I pray the blood of Jesus will come on you right now. Keep you in his house God, I thank you for your blessing. Ship that Somebody Now going back to Diddy and Jake, back in July 2021, they announced they were teaming up to bring Jason's sermons to Diddy's cable TV network The a whole. They shared the news during a call and Diddy talked about how Jake helped him to overcome a dark period in his life.
7: I just lost everything, you know what I'm saying? My girlfriend, all mother, my children passed, my best friend Andre passed.
5: Oh. <coughs> <laughs> Tia said, what, baby, the Antichrist? This is all so nefarious. I'm talking about... <laughs> Tyler to laid hands upon him. I have not ever
10: seen such. Uh, But let me continue. Because here's the next video. Cover up for the fact that he's on the DL. Let's settle this once and for all the honeys.
11: Yo,
0: then you gave me the oosh gosh wash. You gave me the oosh gosh up. The smooth wash. Dave. Yeah, son. I mean, I
9: mean, you gave me the oosh gosh wash. I love it, yo. I love it. Walking in, and when she walked in, she saw uh, Christopher Williams perform a fellatio on Puff. Now, from what she said to me,
10: um, it was disturbing because, you know, they didn't stop. Sheesh, we hope you are ready for this tea because it's not looking lovely in love's camp. Okay, Diddy has been trending on the internet after welcoming another child with a woman who's allegedly married and reportedly trapped him by breaking the condom and now her husband is leaving her. Well, he's been trending for more than just that because there is a tell-all book on the way and it details everything about how he mistreated his exes and has been on the DL this entire time. Well, if this tea is shocking to you, you've probably been living under a rock somewhere because there's actually a record of former partners and sugar babies saying that Diddy mistreated them. Like when Virginia V, a.k.a. Gina, said, I just, he was like mentally, emotionally, and physically mean. me. She actually went on a narrative how at one point Diddy took one of her heels and tried to throw it at her. According to Gina, he mushed her face really hard and made her nose bleed. And she also said that every time they got into fights, that the only person that ever helped her was D-Rock. Everyone else allowed it to happen and looked the other way. And another shocking bombshell that she dropped against Diddy is that he allegedly paid her to get rid of several of their pregnancies. Well, I told him and he was like, he was like, you're gonna get a picture, right? And then I was like, um I don't know. Uh um, I don't know yet. And then and then he offered me fifty thousand to get rid of it, but I turned it down because um I just I just loved to. Someone else that went through hell is Cassie Ventura, who was reportedly ready to marry Diddy, but got tired of waiting for Diddy to put a ring on it. And in case you didn't know, they dated for almost 10 years. That was actually a big source of their issues and arguments because Diddy wasn't ready for such a huge commitment. Apparently, he did leave room for her to believe that eventually the ring would come, but uh, it never did. Other than that, there are also reports that Diddy also mistreated Cassie like he did Gina and his other women. Diddy also did the late Kim Porter dirty when he got another woman pregnant and her pregnant around the same time. As if cheating on Kim with a side piece wasn't enough, Diddy also verbally, emotionally, and physically harmed her. Diddy's former bodyguard, Gene Deal, actually confirmed the allegations when he said Diddy not only broke Kim's nose, which was subsequently disguised as plastic surgery, but she also slit her wrist during a fight. Oh, it goes on, loves. Y'all ever heard of Diddy's side chick, Sarah? Well, apparently she was also mistreated, and at one point, Diddy even poured champagne on her head. In fact, all the other sugar babies apparently faced the same mistreatment and they were all required to sign NDAs to never speak a word of what really went down. But the truth always has a way of coming out. Word on the street is that Kim Porter's former stylist is on the run because she's writing a tell-all book on Diddy. According to the source, the stylist says she was present at least three times when Diddy put his hands on Kim. And she also gave this shocking detail.
7: Now, another dynamic and interesting thing that the stylist conveyed to me is the fact that this particular stylist says they have information and recording that Diddy actually purchased a 24-karat gold casket a month before Kim Porter passed away.
10: Yep, y'all heard that right. But the real question you should be asking yourself is, what's with all this mistreatment of women? Have these women always been Diddy's way of covering up the fact that he's on the DL? So, fans have been speculating for years that Diddy is on the DL and they have not been afraid to voice their thoughts. Like when Diddy applauded Lil Nas X for his performance at the BET Awards in 2021 and called him fearless. One person was just like, Diddy want to kiss Lil Nas X now? Be fearless, Diddy. Come out of the closet and show the world it's okay to be gay. Stop playing like you're not. Other than fans, celebrities have also been on Diddy's case about being on the DL.
7: <laughs> this is shit that goes on. But this is a little is a fool pile. you see weird ass <laughs>
0: pictures and shit <just>, like <laughs> that out there. i sitting out there for no reason. accident. You
7: know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> I'm telling you. Know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We uh we, um, we want to thank you, come here, don't, don't sit on the
11: bed at night, no, no, no just, just don't get close to the bed, don't get close to the bed, but it's just like, yo, we want to thank you for hosting the thing, man, man, it's been a pleasure, you didn't have to do it, you didn't. No, no, I definitely didn't have to do it, I, I definitely didn't have to, Uh, first and foremost, I'm not getting in the bed, Uh, you know, shout out to and what he did, I'm just gonna, if we can, just let's, let's just put the camera little this way, just so we're not, I don't want my shot to even, bruise. like, I don't want it to come close to the bed, at all. I should look like he fresh
5: off
7: goddamn plane. I, just, <laughs> I just I should I should <laughs> fresh off the guard stage. That's my brother right here from day one. We used to wake up and I mean damn pause, man. Like I mean I mean back in the days when he was like ten and I was a little bit older, his older brother we used to fight over the over the frosted plates. You know what I'm saying? Before pause was admitted. You <laughs> But it's my brother for real. We used to actually wrestle off of the off of the frosted plates because he used to always get a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, what the fuck did Puff just say? Nobody's putting challenges
5: just for me. Puff just said we used to wrestle over the frosted flakes. And we're streaming
7: live. That was stupid. Listen, that was fucking stupid. Let's <laughs> have a good time.
3: Yo. I moved to New York City. And I lived with Sean Puffy Combs for a year. That's the crazy thing. Now, that was L.A. Reed's idea, right? We're sending you New over New to City. something called Puffy Flavor Camp.
0: There you go. To learn <laughs> Flavor some, Camp? Yeah, Flavor that's family. what it was called. And you're going to go to Puff Daddy's. He's In pre- the 90s. Do you understand what that's like? Puffy's place was like just filled with chicks and orgy going nonstop, right? No, not really. Come I mean, on. but, there, hey, it was curious. I got a chance to see some things. Yeah, but you were 13. What were yeah, you saying? I went there then? to see the lifestyle. Right, and I
3: saw it, and But I, right, I, right. I, 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 I don't know if I could indulge and understand what I was even looking at. It was. It was pretty wild. Was,
4: so nobody understand. tried to, you know, some woman didn't come along. I didn't say and... that. Okay.
0: I, I didn't okay. say yeah. that. <laughs> what I did say is that there were very curious things taking place, uh-huh. and I didn't necessarily understand. Uh-huh. Biggie Smalls was Biggie there. Biggie
4: Smalls was there. <laughs> Little Kim, Craig Mack. All, all know, these people all are hanging these, around. Yeah, man. Faith Evans. And your
7: parents were okay. They didn't know nothing about this shit. Man. Oh, <laughs> I was
0: having a good time. You know what I mean? Does he have you doing any chores? Are you doing dishes at all? I mean, did it keep you humble somewhat? Or are you just like, could you stay up till four in the morning with them and party? I mean, I could. Yeah. I actually stayed up longer than them. And, <laughs> and
4: what and do you have money? What's
0: going on? With them? I mean, I had
7: like,
2: for them, uh-huh. I, had, I had like, you know, what like a, a life. living. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Fourteen years old. You're a dad now. Would you ever send your kid to puppy camp? Hell no. Man, you doing it, man? You deserve it, daddy. You
7: putting in that work. Proud of
6: you. I love you. Yeah. Man, it's been one of a motherfucking night. I should have took some physical force, Man, it's been a night.
7: was a month. So we hope you're coming to you live, on um, daily, late nights. Um, and I'm just vibing So why? some uh, wine. You gotta keep the air.
6: Gotta yeah, I'm, I'm
8: thinking I'm
5: gonna wear this here
7: in
8: Toronto. In nobody, hey, yo, let me ask you a question. When I get to... Then. The motherfucker floating like a
7: motherfucking cloud. Like you had clouds on your motherfucking shoes. You know what I'm saying? And that motherfucker moving around. Hey, what you said Febreze, nigga? You was floating like a motherfucking Febreze, my nigga. You was moving like... What nigga
6: would a said you had a
7: Nigga, it's just a late night. Nigga, I got my wig on. This ain't no goddamn wig. This motherfucking natural. I don't need to be ashamed of what the fuck. That's a motherfucking natural. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but wait, there's more, beloveds. So
5: Hold on just a second.
3: Okay, here we go. Got to turn it up, Queen.
7: Yeah,
3: she so ain't gonna turn it up.
5: I don't know about you all but he looked very concerned as far as i'm concerned uh, please
3: pay attention now
4: this video here Sorry is a recent video that has come out since the loss. Oh. at this point Diddy was reportedly becoming very desperate to redirect all the negative attention away from him he was desperate enough to shift the attention towards someone else now y'all remember how the former president of bad boy records got exposed in school for sa last week Diddy was behind that leak because he wanted people to focus on somebody else. According to reports, the lawsuit filed in the New York Supreme Court, accuses Harvey Pierre, a former president of Bad Boy Entertainment and Bad Boy Records, of engaging in a year-long pattern of grooming the unnamed assistant, leading to SH a plaintiff in SA. From approximately 2016 to 2017, Pierre SA plaintiff on multiple occasions in New York City and other locations throughout the country. Of the company released a statement saying the allegations are from many years ago that were never brought to the attention of the company. Neither the plaintiff nor the executive are current employees of the company. We are now investigating the allegations, and our top priority is the safety and well being of our employees. That didn't get that much attention because people stopped talking about it. So Diddy is allegedly trying to expose somebody else. That's none other than Chris Stokes. Now, I'm not going to lie. What's going to be some sacrificing going on? Chris might be the perfect option to sacrifice, because he's been getting a second for a long time in Hollywood. I mean, he has been rumored to have one run a runaway girl when she was only 15 and still a minor. Yes, I'm talking about Marcus Houston twice Mia. A board of the sources, Miana Dickey was reported missing by her adoptive parents in August 2016, age 15. It was believed that she traveled to her birth mother, who had lost custody back in 2012. He had kind just went radio silent between 2016 and 2018. The one weird thing about this whole case is that during those years when she was missing, she was credited as an art director for several of Chris Stokes' movies that spanned from 2016 to 2018. The story that Chris and his people told was that Mia was close friends with Chris Stokes' daughter Chrissy, and they were so close that they were like sisters, and Chris was like a father to her. This still doesn't explain why or how they were with a minor who was legally classified as missing. And people believe that they had helped Marcus hide Mia from the public until she turned 18 and they married her off to a 38 year old man. But let's not forget that Chris Stokes himself has an essay allegation against him by B2K member Raz B, who used to be managed by Chris. Raz B even went live a couple of months ago where he got into it with Chris and he said that he didn't feel safe. I don't feel safe. I'm in Kansas City, I'm at the Hilton Hotel. And I'm
3: telling everybody right now, Rasby does not feel safe. Pull out an APB for Rasby in Kansas City. I don't feel safe.
4: Chris could be the perfect choice for Diddy to serve up. And according to this line item, that's exactly what Diddy is doing. The mogul
1: slash wannabe rapper wants some of the pressure off of him, so it's dropping names of other predators. First up is the record executive from the South and his group. The group's fix include a Y2K boy band and one of Ariana Grande's love rivals and her sister.
4: Well, unsurprisingly, Chris is not here for Diddy trying to expose him like this, and according to insiders, he thinks that Diddy is being selfish by trying to throw him under the bus to save himself. He thinks that Diddy is crossing a line here, and he is being disloyal, despite their 20 years of friendship. And according to another insider, Chris is also threatening to expose even more secrets about Diddy. If Diddy tries to set him up, he has some major dirt on Diddy, and he's threatening to expose that dirt. So yeah, things could get even messier. But y'all, the streets are talking talking and the fans are actually here for it and they said check how many lawsuits have been filed against Chris Stokes before Raz the stories about him have been disgusting where there's smoke there is fire bad deeds do not go unpunished I am afraid karma is coming for him I don't care how many other people Puffy tries to throw under the bus the cancellation of Sean Diddy Combs has begun he has done and over just the thought of this monster sickens me and looking at things now and knowing what we know now diddy wasn't exactly trying to hide too much he probably was thinking no one will believe what's really going on because it's so outlandish he's been playing in our faces all this time so what do you guys think about this do you think that we're going to be seeing even more stories about these two exposing each other or do you think that they're both too scared to say anything against each other drop your thoughts and comments below and then check out this next video. Okay, so Clinton Nefarious. Now, one more video on
5: Diddy, and this is the one that Marad Morale posted. Okay, I'm gonna put this um, overlay on the screen and I'm gonna play the audio. Everyone, please like and share and shout out to Marad Morale. You all need to follow his channel. Okay, so here we go. Let's get into it. It was only gonna be a matter of time, guys. It
2: was only to be a matter of time. Jason Lee has. Harris- Always well, basically turning on pdd he claims he's not but he is turning on pdd and is exposing him with some very juicy interesting information hey guys hello i hope you guys are all in one today back and again with another video if you have not subscribed guys please click that button i really appreciate it it's all those videos for you at 6 in the morning the dedication is unreal please do subscribe to the channel click that button and send us super thanks if you guys wish to the dollar sign there
5: I'm sorry, I accidentally clicked off of it. Hold on. It was
2: only going to be about a time, guys. It was only going to be a matter of things that completely. And I think this also aligns to the fact that his new podcast that he's launched and that he's interviewing celebrities is no longer on Revolt. And don't know if you guys have realized this, but in the past week or so, or past month or so, his show is no longer airing on Revolt. It's actually being uploaded onto his own channel, Hollywood Revolt. So that is interesting. And that, in my opinion, correlates with. Him beginning to turn on Diddy. He claims he's not, but if you're spilling his business, your previous boss, then you very well are. And it was only one of time. So he begins his podcast, he discusses loads of topics, but in the end, I wanna just get to, it's like a two hour podcast, but I wanna let you know what he said about Diddy, and wrap this video up in five minutes. Um, he basically said he knew people that would describe P Diddy as the devil. He says that allegedly, um, through industry people, that Cassie got between 25 to 30 million dollars, and that money, I don't believe Cassie has as of yet, but that is the amount that she, that it was settled for. Get this guys, he, Peter is, he also, you know, reveals the fact that Peter Lee is no longer receiving money from, you know, Siroc, and normally he receives fifty million a year from them, that money is no longer coming in, so he's lost that money. Not only that, but Revolve couldn't afford to renew the Jason Lee show due to insufficient funds. Now, that is absolutely insane that the brand, you know, Revolt is now in a position where it's struggling with its finances because its owner, PDD, had to
3: leave. I yeah. think this directly aligns to the fact that, you know, insurance companies are hit, prices are rising high, and of course, you know, they've had to put people on the shopping block which is why it shows that the show couldn't be and Not only
2: that, but JCB reveals an ATAT sponsor. Pulled out of sponsoring at Revolt. Now, that in itself is insane because that is a major sponsor for Revolt. So, the PDD staff, the debacle, of course, we know that several brands have dropped in or dropping in in the process, but the fact that ATT. Which was a huge sponsor of all you know basically plugging the brand and helping keeping shows alive has pulled out that hasn't been announced anywhere so i think that's obviously quite secret news and um, that's another reason why probably jason's show did not get renewed he also said <laughs> jason is so child he is interviewing aubrey o'day so aubrey O'Day is going to be the next guest coming in and evidently there's going to be a large conversation about pd that's what aubrey is coming in for so you know of course Diddy used to be his boss at one point. Kanye West used to be his boss at one point. So I think Diddy, I think Jason only, you know, favors where he is at the moment of time. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, the man does the car for himself. You have to deal with that. Um uh, so with this interview with Aubrey that's coming up soon, and that is going to be a juggling piece. Because I know Jason likes to ask the very messy questions like Charlemagne, and Aubrey is not one to hold back. So that's going to be explosive, and I'm looking forward to the interview to find out what they're going to say. Not only that, but he says Uh, That PDB confronted Jason at a party and told him not to pull him on his Hollywood Lock blogs and very sternly. You know, he was quite aggressive with it. Not only that, but then he also came to expose the fact that um, PDB spoke with um, Jason Lee and shared the fact that he got models from Sean John to F. Cassie. Now that is very interesting because you know he there was there was a guy who you know was also telling Jason you know. whole thing was quite weird that he was told to do this told to do that told to do this etc etc so p diddy is basically funneling in men through his modeling agency to victims of trafficking that in itself is basically what it looks like which is far more deeper and i think that this was a breadcrumb that jason had dropped that one of the men that had efficacy was actually under one of Diddy's corporations, and that is of course Sean John. We know how these modeling agencies can work. Balenciaga is one who had a very interesting, you know, moment. Let's just say this time last year, where you have organizations that have people that work under them that you can use them, um, you know, either to traffic them or you can use them to. Um, Four victims that you have, and use them as ammunition to be sort um, of, so you can you know, and you have the victim here, and you can bring these people to the victim. And that's exactly what PDD did. He had these models under his brand, Sean John, he picked the men that he liked, and he told um, one of them to do XYZ to Cassie as he sat there, rubbed himself, and filmed it. That is absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. And it's a breadcrumb to a far bigger issue where I feel like he's getting these models, getting these people, and Cassie is the moment for now in that situation, unfortunately, with the group of other people, and he brings them to these free cops So that was another freak-off situation described. So P. Diddy is bringing models under his brand to F. Cassie and user, I can't even imagine what celebrities he's around 24-7 that have touched on Cassie. And i feel like cassie was this kind of kitten this pet this kind of toy for diddy that you could parade around and for somebody who likes to watch his girl get around and film it he probably had everybody on the block so um, jason also uh, there came point in time where he wanted to distance himself from these people or etc i don't know what he was saying to me it just looked like he's you know backtracking turning around the diddy ship not only is sinking, but it's sinking extremely fast. So I think that once he's become aware of that, that Diddy isn't going to really make a comeback from this, it's going to be very difficult, and that he's left for He's in a much more safer position to actually speak on it. He does claim that he's not going in on Diddy, that this is his job, and that you are have to interview him if he wants to, but if you're making those statements and spilling all of that tea that is very unnecessary, Diddy is not gonna like you saying that. So, yeah exposed him quite badly guys but in a very casual way um and yeah i just the fact that revolt is losing money fast the fact that he's a lot of money from Sirac, the fact that ATATs pulled out the sponsor to me it's it's looking like he the majority of his net worth because people see 900 million and etc you think wow so much money i think a lot of that net worth of money is in his assets i don't think it's liquid money i mean
5: All right, so you all heard it. You all heard it, and I want you to pay attention. Hold on, I want you all to pay attention because uh, Marad was talking about how um, most of that money is in Diddy's assets and it's not liquid. Well, that's absolutely true. Okay, that's absolutely true. Nine times out of ten, he doesn't have liquid. Uh, the liquid, you know, in this because that would be actual cash. Okay, that would be actual cash. And so, also, another reason why the insurance companies uh, would be paying off the lawsuit with Cassie. Okay, so please pay attention. At the end of the day, this is all nefarious, and it's getting even more so as the days continue to pass. Now, like I told you all previously, I'm just waiting for these men to come out and start spilling the tea on Diddy. okay? Uh, some of these prostitutes that he hired, supposedly, and all of that, and it looks like the models are already talking so this is going to get progressively worse for him, okay? R.G. Titan said exactly, liquid is cash. Yes, and he's not sitting up there with billions of dollars in cash. That's what he isn't doing, and neither are most of these celebrities, just to let you know, all right? Just to so let you know, neither are most of these celebrities, and you know, and here's the thing. Sometimes their handlers absolutely are in control of their money, Okay. That's why sometimes when people say, well, how come some of these black celebrities don't build in their community and they don't open up shops and things like that? Well, they can't because they don't want them. And when I say they, I mean the elite, the powers that shouldn't be, don't want them poured into their community and helping you know, people who look like them. And very often they're in charge of those people's money for different reasons. They have things they blackmail them with, just like Denny was taking video footage of Cassie and holding that overhead. Well, the same thing goes on in Hollywood and the music industry. Okay, I've known this for years uh, with inside information. So, with that all being said, if they take out certain amounts of money, uh, sometimes there's a knock on their door. Okay, that's why they give them these black cards so they can get things on credit. They're not just walking around with all this cash sitting in their bank accounts and having all this cash on hand. That's what they're not doing. Please pay attention. Okay, because the powers that should be controlled, what they can do and when they can do it in most of the cases. All right, Sarah said exactly, Queen. Thank you, beloved. Okay, so now that is all very crazy. So that's the latest information on Diddy and what's going on with him. I'm still waiting for the investigation to be completed on Kimora Lee's, Kamara uh, Lee Simmons' house fire. That is very suspicious. Uh, you know, we could say it's a coincidence, but I just think it's suspicious because of the timing. Because of the timing and because of all of these other people who have spoken out against Diddy, who said things about Diddy or whatever, who uh, said that they were witnesses of things that he's done, and then things happening to them. So I find it very interesting, to say the least. Uh, but so now let's talk about this guy who was at church, and he got electrocuted. And he said nobody even tried to help him. They just let him lie there or whatever. They tried to help him up and prop him up or something like that. It's all very nefarious. So I'm going to go to that footage lights up everyone please like and share thank you in advance
11: I'm probably asleep, uh, but I want to come on here right quick. Make a quick video. First, I want to thank a few people. Uh, first of all, God, because I'm still here. Excuse my eyes, my eyes are red from so, so, after though. Um, and being an, an insecure, so let me get to the point. I've heard a few rumors already people been trying to cover their ass on stage because want to see it. And, and the I said nobody covering their ass now. The truth of the matter is, first of all, I was electrocuted. Second of all, no, I was not drunk. Nor was I drinking. I don't drink before I go on stage. Anybody know anything about me no I'll put it first of all. So you know you you know that's a lie. Uh third of all, I didn't fall and play as if something happened because I was too ashamed of getting up. I heard that too. So with that said, what, what I'm gonna say is this thank all of y'all to pray for me. Uh whether well, you pray me up or down. Thank you. Appreciate you. uh thank you to all my friends, for real. Uh, you don't mind much look, to things happen. Um, so I'm gonna tell you my experience. Got to the church. And I'm not gonna say all that because that'll be handled a different way. But what I will say is I was electrocuted. Um, I was performing with the Brooklyn All-Stars. I was at home with the Brooklyn All-Stars. And I um I was there was issues with the, the way out the wiring was the sound was, and I was already saying that already, but of course, I don't know that. So, as uh, the performance went on, um so the microphone was laid down, I had, my, had a I had a microphone in my hand, I grabbed the other microphone at that point, Uh-oh. I was electrocuted. And consistent current flowing through me from one place to another. Uh-oh. Anybody know anything about electricity? You know about I did. <clears throat> So uh, I did uh make it my business to must up enough strength to scream out, is shocking me. Uh, and i did lay on the floor for two minutes and 21 seconds before anyone paid me any attention during that time me and the Lord had a conversation and i thank you uh, i learned and uh i know what i know i know the video seat i well i know the what they'll say I what the video say you can see with your own eyes what happened um there was no concern.
5: That is awesome, so he let that man lay there, stepped over him and kept singing. Kept the music going, honey. They gave zero absences. It's all so sad, honey. They didn't care if that man went on to the upper room. I want y'all to pay attention. Now, what kind of church does that? What kind of church does that? And they clearly heard that man saying shocking me. Didn't you all hear him say that? Didn't y'all hear that man say, that's so sad. Thank God he's still alive. He could have been dead. Okay? But they stepped up and just kept on sinking. Who does that? This is all nefarious. So that's what y'all pay attention. Uh, like I said, all the praises to the Most High are that he is still here. Now let's talk about this young woman who put her mother on blast and said that her mother's husband has been uh, inappropriate with her and her mother's calling the girl a liar doesn't believe her own daughter
8: but let's get into it for me to speak out on this but when you have a mother that does not even believe their own daughter right here that's a serious problem to me and it's a problem in the black community because i'm voicing to you that your husband was inappropriate with me and why do you not believe that Yo, y'all lying. We I'm lying. You Why am I can do about that? You say lies coming from Yo, child. This, is this has happened, happened for years, y'all. I come and in this man in her bed. Y'all, y'all see this? Coming from my child, always you really taken up you and know him for a long time. That it don't even matter. Ain't like you. I, I get out of class when I get out of everything. I feel so uncomfortable in this house, and she want to sit up here and take up for this man. Like, you disgust me. Both of y'all are. I had to get. Get him play, Take him down. Get him mom, You all know how hard this is for me you to even you believe you this because this man, man, I have to come to you my, my home with my, my mama that's supposed to love me and you want to sit here in front so Why would I lie,
6: y'all? Why would I lie? Why? I'm shaking right now, y'all. This makes no
8: sense. It makes no sense at all. If you want to see her justify it,
6: you are sad. You are sad and
8: disgusting disgusted. I swear to God, I'm going to think she you my mother.
5: That is all so sad and clearly nefarious at the end of the day that she would not believe her own child. She's sitting there telling all her daughter's business, trying to air her out, because she's trying to defend that man, okay? Then she's trying to defend that man. Now somebody put a comment in the chat, that said black women always prefer an eggplant over their children. Well, first of all, that's not all black women again. Let's not make generalizations and categorize people. Second of all, please be careful of the words that you use in the chat because you will be blocked. Okay, moderators, if you see any inappropriate comments in the chat, of uh, use of vulgarities or too much profanities, please put the person in time out for the first time. And if they continue, then they're blocked. Okay? That's how that goes. Now, this is also sad that she wouldn't even believe her own child. The girl says she feels uncomfortable. So you're not going to send anything to your husband. You're just going to take his word. You're not going to believe your own daughter. I find it all very
6: interesting.
5: I find it all very interesting. Uh, but uh, okay, thank you, Miss I understand Queen, Okay. Uh, so anyway, you see, we said, mama is a desperate clown. Yeah, some people are absolutely desperate. And you know, this is a problem in our community. You see, that's why some people are upset that Diddy is being exposed as the predator that many allege that he is. That's why some people are upset. Okay? Now, at the end of the day, I do understand that as men, it is biased, okay? Because remember, of our brain is controlled by our subconscious mind. Those of you who follow my spiritual channel, you know that I've told you this numerous times. And with that all being said, the subconscious mind controls our cognitive biases and patterns of thought and things like that. So I get it that some men automatically want to rush to the aid of the man and to defend the man because they're biased. Just like most women likely want to defend the women because of bias. But here's the thing. It's okay to think that instantly, but before you speak on it or draw a conclusion, it would behoove you to always look at the evidence, the receipts, what witnesses are saying. And if more than one person is saying the same thing, then very likely there could be some truth to it. And whether you want to defend men or women or not, at the end of the day, let's go by the evidence. Let's not allow our biases just shake our thinking let's not permanently okay temporarily in may but once you see the proof and the evidence please be intelligent and intellectual enough to open your eyes okay to have an open mind let's not cover predators and alleged predators okay that's the problem in the black community and the person mark uh was his name that i banned from the chat last week his name was Max Star 206 You see, it's people like him who would turn a blind eye to the pedos in their own family. It's people like him who don't want to call out people when they know that they're praying for one's children, okay? It's people like that who get upset when they know that women are being victimized. Rather than call those people out, he preferred to try to twist the narrative and call out someone like the queen who is calling out Okay, he wants to make it as well I'm talking down on black people because I'm holding black people
8: accountable.
5: Because we have to hold our own people accountable at the end of the day. If there's predators in your family, if there's predators that are celebrities, wherever they are, we should not be defending them because to justify their behavior, and making idiotic, nonsensical excuses. Okay, that's what we shouldn't be doing. Now let
11: me share this last video. Parker said, "Speak, thank you, Okay. So now let me share this last video, and then I'm out of here. Now this is a video of a carry, uh, right in rare form. Please, fancy. She's out here harassing this, this lady trying to do her job. All up Ain't nobody ganging up on you. You know what
7: you was doing. You was harassing that woman had had in between those doors. You can't deliver her package. That's that's your, that's your thing. That's your thing your because we black. Because when you going, you going live on video. I told you'll be on YouTube, people, Karen. You'll be on YouTube, Karen. Karen. You will be on YouTube, mother, Karen, for the way that you act. You should have just went on and walked your dog eight. and got that's out of her way. She could not give you that paid. Paid. Paid, paid. Paid. paid You should be thankful. That package do not blow what do to mean By thankful. You right. You right. You right. You're like, right. what's your you're name? Not, what's your name?
9: You have a car to drive. You're you're
7: not living in a dust bowl in Africa. So I'm so 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 you're
4: entitled to be an American. I'm not. No. Not. You,
6: you're
5: entitled to be an American. I'm not. I don't
4: a bunch of black
6: people ganging up on me. Says
5: she don't need a bunch of black people ganging up on her, but she wants to talk crazy about black people. Let me sit down somewhere. And let me say this: there is a video that I saw, maybe uh. On Saturday, I do believe it was. Now, I'm not gonna show the video because of the fighting and stuff going on. I don't want to probably screw too. But in this video, there was a black man and a white man arguing and they were fighting. As soon as the police pulled up, it's about five police on bikes, and they pull up. You know what they did? Now this is clearly mutual combat, according to the video, from what I saw. There's a black man and a white man fighting. Okay, there is a white woman who's standing there arguing as well with the black man. The police get off of their bikes and they instantly attack the black man and beat him to the ground. That's what they did. They didn't say anything to the white man, they went over and were talking to him like they're having a conversation. Meanwhile, the other officers are beating the black man down to the ground. Well, I have questions. Why was the black man attacked when they were engaged in mutual combat? The police didn't even see or know who started it. When they got there, they were already involved in the altercation. But they beat that black man down to the ground. And as they're beating him, the camera who's standing there, she's still cursing the black man out. This is also nefarious, but they want to tell us people like uh who this OM people.
3: family family. a dot here. You know, for the past not even a year, you know, I've been going through the motions with the county and this, uh, this buckled sidewalk in front of the house. And, uh, You know I've I've kept my composure. I didn't cuss nobody out. I talked to people like I had some sense. Even an old friend went to bat for me. And the deputy supervisor just came over today and let me know that, um, They should have made tax adjustments to this house when my grandfather passed in 1996. But nobody told us that that was, would be necessary. And the supervisor said that because I had a stroke and I'm disabled and both of my aunties are disabled. That we qualify for a property tax exemptment. And she says that they're gonna fix the sidewalk, no charge. I feel blessed. I really I and it was a sister too. I like seeing my people. In those town hall jobs, because they're good paying jobs, you know. they never hire me because of my wreck. They will not hire me anyway, because I'm just a gimp now. But, uh, when she rang the doorbell, uh, I was talking to her through the doorbell, and I had uh, I put my shirt on because it what she was talking about, it was much too important to be conducting business through a doorbell. and I put some shoes on. Hold on for a second. Hello?
6: You gotta
3: go. You gotta go. You gotta go to work. You do? Oh, okay. Well, check this out. I'm doing my rant right now. I'll call you back in about five to ten minutes. Okay? Alright, hey, hey, let's let's go to the wing stop. I got it. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, I, I'll call you back in 10 minutes. Alright. Alright, uh. Shit, I forgot what I was saying. I hate when that happens. Oh, the lady says we shouldn't have been paying property tax since my grandfather died on Christmas Day, 1996. And I wish my grandmother knew that, because then she would have had more money to do what she wanted to do with. I've been bringing in money the best way I knew how, legally. I opened up the eBay store. We're about to open up Cleo's Closet on eBay. They have two stores there. Still want to do that, but it's not the same without my doll. It just shocks me that there's so many legal ramifications if the, and hidden qualifiers for people like us. And we need to start asking more questions but because the the, uh deputy supervisor is black and she knew we didn't know about what we qualify for and stuff like that she made it her own business to drive over here and tell me and leave me a number to uh the washington county treasurer lady named bonnie that's going to help set this up to where we're property tax exempt and she let us know that I I knew that we were late on the property taxes Juanita's brother decided to steal the truck from us so that's $3,500 that I won't be getting lazy eye fat bastard and um The super slow payment from the other from one of the twins that got Juanita's old SUV. You know, I've tried to ask this young lady if she could bring up the payment for two hundred and fifty dollars a month instead of this one hundred dollars a month, because for to gather up the remaining balance of eighteen hundred dollars that she owes, I won't be paid off until twenty twenty five. And this little silly heffa doesn't think that there's nothing wrong with that. I will never sell anything. Matter of fact, I will never help any of these motherfucking kids except for Brianna and her daughter do anything. Don't don't call me for a ride. Don't call me for an extra cigarette. Don't call me to for a cash app because you're hungry. I don't give a fuck. Don't call me to buy your baby some motherfucking formula. The little bastard choke on his spit. I ain't doing nothing. Nathan. For any more of Juanita's kids, except for Brianna and unique, her daughter. Lazy motherfuckers. See, this is why people don't like to do things for black people. And I mean, we were our worst enemy at times and shit. These motherfucking two people needed a car or they were going to lose their job and they took my kindness or weakness, and one's going to decide not to pay me at all, and the other one wants to pay me snail, snail a $100 a motherfucking month. I'm going to tell you like this. If I ever, ever get a chance to see that Cadillac again, I'm going to turn that bitch into a permanent convertible. Try me. Say I won't. Fat ass, lazy eyed, black motherfucker. That's why his bitch, who my wife didn't like anyway. That's why his bitch got his motherfucking generator stolen because the stupid bitch didn't close the motherfucking garage door. This is the type of bitch and shit. While Dushan, that's the brother-in-law, is working that dead-end security job. She's probably at home sucking another man's dick and shit. And he's coming home to another man's nut on his bitch's breath. Black motherfucker. You can't fuck over people like that. And hope no blowback splatters on your ass. So I'm a true believer of karma, goddammit. Karma's gonna come and get that motherfucker. But between you and I, I wish it was both... Juanita's sister and brother that died, not my baby. Because both her siblings ain't about shit. I think dog shit on your shoe will be worth both of them motherfuckers. That's exactly why we can't get along as a people and shit, because we don't do right as a people. And to the twin, I was trying to explain to this little heifer. Now, if you bought the car from a white motherfucker, a Hobby Dobby or a hook nosed Jew and shit, he wouldn't sell, you no motherfucking car on an agreement. And I said, you could just pay me a couple hundred dollars right now. But in the future, I'm going to need that payment to go up. Okay? because I want to get this out of my hair. She can't ask me to do shit for I'm done with all these motherfuckers. Now I'm about to show my ass. See? yeah, if I see that motherfucking truck at one of his uh, security details and shit, I'm going to turn that motherfucker into a permanent convertible. And I'm just the nigga to do it. Black family, definitely keep your head on a motherfucking swivel because we got crazy motherfuckers, and some of them even look like us running around this motherfucker. About to roll me a blunt. Then I think I'm going to go out and let the dogs out. I like to watch them run. Cause I need to laugh right about now because people I thought that were in my corner, motherfucking hoes weren't in my motherfucking corner. Got these low budget, ghetto fight motherfucking in laws and shit. I don't know. How can you have, uh, you know, four ghetto ass kids but your fifth kid it was the, the second to the to last was the prize that did everything right don't have no record grandchild don't have no record either going to school doing her work and then you have two siblings that ain't about shit. how do you be the only person out of A whole sea of fuckery and and people not holding their own motherfucking water. I guess she knew because she said she was under a lot of stress dealing with her own family. And being married to me gave her peace and solace. I don't even have that no more. I'll see you on another side. My family be safe out there. Ladies
9: and gentlemen, you know, I remember when YouTube creators were out here posting videos about Jeannie Mai. You know, her being a submissive woman and this is the kind of woman men want and yada, 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 right? But let's see what Miss Submissive is up to because she is trending. Let's see what Miss Submissive is saying. Jeannie Mai Calling for more security against black people trends in black neighborhoods after accusations about Yeezy cheating surface. Jeannie Mai trends for a clip calling for security against black people. Jeannie Mai is in the middle of a divorce from Jeezy, and the gloves are cut. After Jeezy stated that Jeannie is gatekeeping between himself and his daughter, her divorce documents surface. In these documents, it's heavily implied that Jeezy was cheating during their marriage. Now, social media is doing its job. They dug up a clip on the reel where genie might said it was necessary for Asian businesses to have more extra security against black people in black neighborhoods.
3: A dog-eating bitch.
9: Well, Jeannie, here's another idea. Have those businesses in your neighborhood. That's right. That's a solution right there. Then you don't have to worry about all of that extra security. Now, what I mean? Okay, so Jeannie Mai began dating Jeezy in 2019, and their relationship became part of The Real. In addition, fans began to affectionately call them Jeezy Mai. As a result, the frequent exposure to dating. During this current press tour, Jeezy has often discussed his ever-evolving image. When he was coming into the game, he was like, well, Jay. he gained fame as young Jeezy, but later dropped the young, and now he's Jeezy Jenkins. Jeannie Mai faced backlash from the minute
1: she and Jeezy
9: went public and wake up their divorce she's facing even more backlash with her divorce documents hinting that Jeezy might have cheated on her. Social media is working in overdrive. An old clip on The reel where Jeannie Mai was discussing Asian businesses in black neighborhoods surface. She said, because black people are the customer base and they often commit crimes, Asian owners are right to have more security against them. Actually, those businesses should all belong to the community that they sit in. But because of racism, the people that live there can't get business loans. See, they'll give business loans to people like Jean and Mai, but the people that live in the community and pay taxes in the community, they can't open their own restaurants like that. So like I said, y'all don't have to set up shop in that community since it's so terrible for you why don't you set up those shops where you live? Right. So, genie my trends for click calling for security against black people. But this is Miss Submissive, this is what y'all should be looking for, and this is your ideal woman right here. You know, I've been saying from day one, these foreign women are not what you think. That ain't shit. I have been exposed to these women. I have them when we lived overseas. I was exposed to them working side by side with them. And when y'all talk all that tradition stuff, in many cases y'all are talking fantasies. I worked with a woman, in fact she was East Indian. And you know what she told me? She's all about family and tradition around her family. Once she is not around her family, she does whatever the hell she wants. That's exactly what she told me. So these women ain't all down with no tradition and all that. They may have some, but they don't follow that stuff to a T. You gotta be a fool to believe it. But y'all, tell me what you think about this latest video. Oh,
3: that winged super whipping bitch. Real ugly. And it'll
9: probably more than likely get worse. You know, she don't seem so uh, submissive anymore, does she? And yes, I did hear videos talking about she's submissive, she's submissive. So don't come here trying to say that these things weren't said. These things were said. Period. And I know foreign women, (laughs) many of you that talk in these fantasy ways, it is very apparent that you don't. Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell, and I'll see you on the next video.